It's the Podcaster News Show, where the editors of podcasternews.com share their insights on a wide range of podcasting topics. Welcome to Podcaster News Show, episode number 27. My name is Sean Thorpe, and I am with... I'm Jen Thorpe. And we are back to talk about some of the podcast news-related items that have come up in the last couple weeks. Stuff that we think is worth discussing, but wasn't quite enough to necessarily do a full write-up over at podcasternews.com. So, Jen, what is the first item we have today? Well, the first thing we have has to do with Amazon, which may sound strange since you don't really think about Amazon and podcasting so much. But basically what it is, it's an article from Bloomberg, and it says Amazon is hiring comedians and engineers for growing audio service, which is kind of interesting to think about. Now, we know that they have Audible. That's Amazon's thing is audible.com, which does a lot of uh, you know books and um, things like that, audio books, basically. Um, but now it turns out that uh, Amazon is go- is doing to Audible what's been done to Prime Video. It's investing in original programming, and it appears that the original yes. programming is um, it could be you know podcasts and radio style shows. Now Audible does have some radio dramas, but they're like the older ones. Yeah. You know, they're not like newly produced ones. But this indicates that they might be moving in the direction of, you know, original content like we've seen with Netflix and we've seen with, uh, I think, Hulu may have some original content. And yeah. then again, mm-hmm. those again are not podcasts either, but um, it appears that that's what they're doing. Now, since Audible is, you know, it's it's just all audio. It's not videos for you to watch. It kind of makes sense right. that they'd go into podcasting as opposed to like little television programs or you know, video documentaries or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so they are recruiting. Audible is recruiting almost 100 positions worldwide, including software engineers, user experience designers, marketers, and lawyers to help negotiate licensing and distributions agreements based on posted listings. So, um, and it's all over the world in different places. There's uh, London, Berlin, Singapore, Bangalore, Beijing, and Sydney. And um, it also says in this article that they're, uh, let's see, I might be reading that wrong, but um, Audible's looking into doing original programming, like audio dramas and podcasts. Yeah, the gist that I got from this is that they are looking, as you said, to create, you know, original content through, presumably it would be the Audible Network's not the right word, but the Audible platform, that's a better word. That's a better word, yeah. So Mm -hmm. I don't know that we'll see them go into traditional podcasts in the sense that, you know, there'll be uh, downloadable files distributed via RSS, etc. But it's clearly going to be podcast adjacent. And really the name of the game for a lot of these services that they've realized in the last few years. Of course, Audible is known primarily as the audiobook service. But in that case, Audible is a primarily a distributor of other people's content. Right. And mm-hmm. what, you know, Netflix started out that way, all these services, Hulu started out that way. And they're kind of going through the phase that I think cable TV started to go through about 15 to 20 years ago where, you know, through the uh, 70s and 80s and into the 90s, 
a lot of cable networks were just syndicating old shows. Right. They and had old shows and they were syndicating old movies too. You, yeah. You know, they'd have a weekend of like right. a certain kind of movie or one movie in particular. Um, and that's all that would be on their network for the most of the day. But now, like, I think what you're about to say is that they're making their own new content as well. Yeah. And with the deep cable networks, this has become really apparent in, you know, the the many shades of reality show programs that are out there. And I think we're just going to see a similar growth in these internet-based services where they're going to be looking more to add, you know, original content because it's a better profit margin for them because they own everything. So they don't have to worry about, you know, constantly renegotiating for uh, rights and royalties and all that kind of business. If they own it outright, it's theirs. They can do whatever they want into perpetuity. And then once they pay for it, once they make their money back, then everything on top of that is profit. So, And I think it's also another way to get people to maybe subscribe to Audible because right true. now so many podcasts have Audible as their ads, yeah. you know, and or as a sponsor of their show, however you want to put it. And I think, you know, it's... It seems to me, since so many podcasts have the Audible ad going, that it's probably hit its saturation point. You know, if you listen to a number of podcasts and they're all they've all got Audible as their uh, as their ads, you're not going to subscribe. You know, several times to Audible, you're going to pick one podcast and do it, and then everyone else is kind of out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's a bunch of people who aren't interested in Audible, no matter how many times they hear the ads, so they're not going to do it. And I think the way to attract people who maybe, um, you know, signed up for Audible and, you know, picked out the books from their favorite author and don't care about anything else and aren't interested in buying anything else might, uh, you know, come back in and I guess purchase some of these podcasts, maybe. It's kind of strange to think about purchasing a podcast. Yeah. We'll like you have an audio book. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see how Audible handles that. It may be something that they'll either put out uh, as a, a loss leader for free to try to get you more interested into the service, or it may be something that you get if you continue a subscription. So as opposed to one-offs, you know, if you pay for a monthly subscription to Audible, perhaps you'll get access to this other content as well. So. Right. And it said in this article that they're hiring comedians, which indicates that they're possibly looking into people who are already well-known and already have a good following as a comedian to go ahead and do a podcast there, um, which I guess would bring in a particular audience than if you went with, you know, shows that aren't as well-known. But um, it's it's just kind of strange to think about, you know, someday we could be going to Audible for podcast content that isn't available anywhere else yeah well i think we're going to see this trend continue with more and more of this what i guess i might call siloed content where some platform is you know they're, they're creating and then in turn distributing their own stuff uh, we saw this last year with the launch of the uh, earwolf Howl app, oh, right. where they're, mm -hmm. you know, their promise was that, yeah, you'll get all of the shows that you can already get for free through the Earwolf network, but then there'll be, you know, other stuff, you know, like exclusive stuff. And, yeah, exclusive things that you won't get anywhere else. So if you're a big fan of those things, you want to get all of it. And 
I mean, it kind of makes, it makes sense in a way, you know, but it's, you know, it's a strange time in podcasting where this sort of thing is kind of developing. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Mm -hmm. So the next item on our list is actually one that I wanted to uh, talk about. And it's not an article so much as it's actually a website and it's called Why Podcasts. And uh, that's located at whypodcasts.org. This was created by Jessica Kupferman of She Podcasts. And it's not meant to be an extension of, say, the She Podcasts electronic press kit or anything like that. It's meant to be a sort of generalized informational site that anyone could use, any podcaster could use, that is courting sponsors. And the sponsors seem, you know, maybe you're trying to to land a sponsor and maybe they've, maybe they're not familiar with podcasts. Maybe they've never, you know, bought uh, time on a podcast before and they're not really sure what to expect or why they should even bother to advertise on podcasts. And this website has a lot of uh, really, you know, useful information that would be of interest to uh, a media buyer or, you know, someone else who's considering sponsoring a podcast. And, uh, you know, there's uh, information here about audience demographics and, uh, you know, the benefits of advertising on a podcast, uh, and there's a whole list here, engagement, uh, mobility, multi-platform exposure. Um, so there's a lot of uh, information here, the types of advertising, uh, audio, web advertising, social media, blog posts, email. And then uh, it also talks about, um, you know, sort of the typical process of how someone would get their sponsored message onto a podcast. And I just think it's worth looking over, first of all, if you yourself are in the process of seeking out sponsorship. But it's a good resource if you just need to perhaps just educate someone. You know, again, if they're unsure about what is beneficial for advertising on podcasts, you could say, well, just take a look at this website, and they can kind of go over it. And it's it's a you know it's a nicely designed site. It's uh, in the modern uh, in scroll into infinity style, mm-hmm. right? Right. But uh, that's not bad. the The nice thing about the infinite scroll is if you're looking at it on a mobile device, it's a little more logical. So that's probably what it's aimed for. I mean, a lot of websites are trying to you know be good for yeah, mobile right it's now. Good. Yeah, I mean, you kind yeah. of it's 2016. You 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 kind of need to have some uh, idea of, of what your web what your web is doing on a mobile device, so I just thought it was worth mentioning, and and I do think it's uh, worth worth checking out, and you know uh, we'll obviously have a link to that in our show notes for the episode. Right, and I I wanted to point out in here too they've got this little section called what a podcast is and what it isn't, which is really good. It's just a couple of paragraphs, but it's really good information for someone that doesn't really know what a podcast is. There's a lot yeah. of people that have no idea. They've That's never listened true. to one. They don't yeah. know. 
Um, some of the interesting points from that include a podcast is not a random piece of audio on a company's website. Uh. It's meant to be a syndicated series and, you know, download or offered or downloaded all at once week to week or season format or however. And it also points out that podcasting began in 2004 and was a popular yet somewhat underground medium for a long time. And it points to people saying, oh, podcasting is having a renaissance right now. But what they're saying here is actually it's just been growing over time. It's not this new yeah. sudden podcast thing, but there's a lot of people who might think it is if they haven't been paying attention. Oh, sure. Or, you know, I mean, 2004 is a while ago. If they were little kids at the time, you know, they may not yeah. be aware of how long podcasting's been around. And if they're, um, you know, this site here is aiming towards people who maybe want to get their ad on a podcast or are considering it, they need to know, you know, this is not something that's just having, you know, a fad moment right now. It's been there for a long time. It's going to be there for a long time. Yeah. And I thought that was really good information. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. So yep. what's the next item on the list, Jen? Okay, so the next one, let's see if I can find it. I've got a million things open here because I'm terrible about that. Okay, so uh, the next one is uh, t by Jeremy Barr. It's titled Podcast Network Panoply Introduces a New Ad Platform. And this was published in January, on January 21st. And uh, the article's from Advertising Age. So it's going to be called Megaphone is what they're calling the okay. new ad platform. And it says, the little blurb here says that Megaphone is supposed to make advertising on podcasts easier. So here's another way to, you know, help advertisers find your shows and, you know, this Megaphone thing. We've got two articles here about that. Um, so Panoply is Slate's podcasting, you know, arm. Um, and the uh, Megaphone, here's what it does according to this article. It allows for one-click insertion of ads into podcasts Geotargeting of ads to specific podcast consumers and A slash B testing to see what's working best. It's got this thing that they're calling dynamic ad insertion. So if you uh, get involved with them now, you can have new ads be placed in your back episodes. So your episodes from a few years back where you had an ad for something that maybe the company doesn't exist anymore or the offer doesn't exist anymore, it'll put new ads in in yeah. place i i mean i this kind of boggles my mind i'm not even sure how they do this but apparently they can and uh this is good for people who want to put ads on podcasts because then they can say well you know i have this ad on this podcast from years ago but you know who's listening to the back episodes now you can kind of say well i i have a continuous ad on this particular show so even if someone's listening to the back episodes it's still useful for you know me the advertiser kind of thing i guess is the idea um, so this new megaphone platform is going to be available to all of Panoply's partners, uh, to use. And, uh, it says that the wall street journal has already launched 13 podcasts using the megaphone system. I did, wow. I was unaware that the wall street journal had podcasts, I didn't but know that so either. many other places, so many other like, um, newspapers for lack of a better term, uh, do have them now. So, I mean, has podcasts like that I knew about that one, but I didn't know the wall street journal had done it as well, but they're using the megaphone system. Um, and it's just, it's kind of another interesting way to kind of think about things, you know? Yeah. I mean, you, you wouldn't have to, like right now, I've got old episodes of podcasts that I did a show that I did mostly solo that don't have any ads in them at all. Now, if for some reason uh, I thought that the little podcast I did was amazingly professional, which it wasn't. Um, it was practice. Um, it sounds to me like if you had something that was, you know, well-crafted and well done for several years, you might be able to get in you know, to earn money as a podcaster from the ads placed in back episodes. Well, this is 
I mean, the the technology behind this as far as dynamic ad insertion is certainly nothing new. That's been around for a long time. But what is interesting perhaps about this is that Panoply is, well, they're not opening it up because you have to be one of their partners. And they're not going to just... right pick up any podcast no but if you are one of their partners you know what i mean yeah and this i i kind of feel like with a lot of these things this is where it starts sure and it'll course. eventually branch or other uh resources will have some similar process with putting ads into old shows well, as well as new ones yeah, yeah and this kind of thing is really sought after by the larger networks and stuff because you know, if you record a podcast and you have an ad in there that, say, is a live read, well, you may only have that sponsor for, you know, three months, six months, a year, and then, you know, that that ad is still sitting in your show two, three, four years later. Right, right. Now, a lot of these types of shows, the, the Panoply stuff, it references Gimlet Media in here. It does, yes. They're not doing the kind of live reads that I think most podcasters are doing. I mean, they, they, I'm sure they produce their ads in-house or do whatever, but they're inserting the ads somewhere around the rest of the content. It may not always sound that way if they've done good editing, but this ability to serve ads dynamically, what it does is it takes your show and then it sort of stitches in uh, the ad at a, a specified place. And I remember in the early days of this technology, it was not very good. So my assumption is, and I'll be honest, I don't listen to a lot of these types of shows, so I don't know, but I got to believe considering the levels they're working at, they wouldn't put something together like this if it wasn't working well. But I do recall some shows, oh, I don't know, back around um, maybe 06, 07, that were working with some early dynamic ad systems, and it was problematic. You know, they would, and the hosts of the shows would even say, look, we, we tell the ad companies when we want the ad break to go in. And, you know, they might be anywhere from, a couple seconds to maybe 20 seconds off, and it was always a little jarring when all of a sudden somebody would be in the middle of a sentence, and hey, here's an ad. So I'm hoping for the sake of uh, these shows and their listeners that that technology's gotten better. I would think that it probably has. And this is something that's only going to become more prevalent. There's two terms that we're seeing thrown out a lot more with regard to podcast advertising. The first one is dynamic. The second one is programmatic. And it sounds, I mean, this article states that these ads can be served dynamically and it more or less implies that the system is programmatic in nature. And what that means is they're going to have a side where media buyers can log in and, and they can go, okay, well, here's my budget. Uh, I want to buy an ad on this show. I want to buy an ad on this show. I want to buy an ad on this show. And then, you know, the, the transaction takes place. It goes into the system. And then, you know, the other side that actually serves the ads just works off of that. So this is 
a trend that's going to continue and become more prevalent for the types of networks that can deal in that kind of volume with that kind of content. And I'm certain that over time there will be something like this that's essentially available to everyone and you know for better or worse we will enter the era of google ad uh, google adsense for podcasts and there's going to be a lot of podcasts out there with you know 100 downloads that are serving up these ads and making you know a dollar a month and they're going to th- and it's it's going to be again for better or worse you can make your own judgment on that but uh it seems like the trend is heading in that direction. And it sounds to me like if this is an automated thing, you know, yeah. a, a dynamic insertion just goes in. Does this mean that all of the podcasts that are being, uh, that are part of this, that are using Megaphone, do you think this means like, okay, so five minutes in, you're going to have an ad or, you know, 15 minutes in, you're going to have an ad like at the same time. Like, are we going to be hearing, do you think maybe in the future? A lot of podcasts where it's like, oh, and we've you know had about five minutes of content. There's going to well, be an sure. ad now. You know, sure. I mean, that's that is what they're doing, and I obviously have no experience with the megaphone interface, but I'm sure the way it works is the content producers tell the megaphone platform, okay, I'm ready for an ad break at you know time code X for every episode, mm-hmm. and then in turn the you know megaphone system offers that up as inventory and then however they sell it either you know they let the media buyer log in or they you know a human handles that interaction and then puts the information in and there's one show that i listen to where i can where the ad breaks are well there's a couple i listen to that the ad breaks are obvious when they're going to come up and one one of those shows is uh, originates with wbez in chicago the other one is distributed i believe through nerdist and or midroll so and and in in the case of both of those shows they actually also are aired on radio one is aired on public radio the other on commercial radio so they're a bit more designed with stop sets in mind, and that's a little different than something that is created, you know, being a podcast first, I guess. Like I said, this is just going to become more of a common thing. And I got to wonder if uh, we get to a point where, you know, so many podcasts have an ad at a specific time because they're fitting into these kinds of systems. Do you think that listeners will say, oh, five minutes, skip ahead, you know? Well, I mean, yes. how will they know that the I listeners mean, are actually hearing well, the ads? That's that, that's a whole other can of worms that we don't really have time on this show to get into. But, um, yeah, there there are a number of concerned players, and there have been for a long time, about, well, we know we can track downloads. We don't know if that audio is actually making it into people's ears. And 
yeah, that's that's a whole other long discussion that has, you know, 500 other branches on it that we right. just don't have time well, for. Well, right, here. I just wanted to bring it up as a topic, not delve into it, yeah, you know, yeah. specifically. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. <clears throat> yeah, because, I mean, I would think, like, you know, right now, we know, like, just if you look at just websites, you know, we know that people are using ad blockers because they're sick of all the ads popping up and getting in the way of the content. Yeah. People have a tendency to avoid ads, you know, That's even true. with television, you know, the commercial break comes on and you get up and go get a soda, you know, <laughs> I mean, well, that kind I, of thing. So I think this would carry into podcasting as well, because it seems to be human nature to avoid the yeah. ads. I know that I've found that with shows I listen to, especially if they have pre-roll ads, to which... I believe only the two I I referenced earlier have actual pre-roll ads. You know, I know that if I hit uh, skip 30 seconds, usually four times, that gets me straight into the content. Now, I'm I'm not someone who's against ads and podcasts. I really don't care. And if it's a product or service that I have zero interest in, I'm not going to listen to it. But... You know, if, if it's the opposite of the case, then I might listen to it. In fact, I did. I was listening to a podcast earlier today that had a live read of an ad, and I listened all the way through because it was a product I'd never heard of, and I was kind of curious to know more about it. So, you know, it goes both ways, but certainly there are a lot of people out there skipping, and for now, this is just one of those things that we kind of have to go, well, for, for better or worse, we don't know that all of the downloads, you know, 90% of the downloads or whatever are actually reaching people's ears and then what people are doing with the content after they get it. And as long as there's media that's relying on ads for revenue, then this cat and mouse game of them giving us ads, us skipping the ads, or finding ways around them is just going to continue into infinity. Well, it has, you know, like I said, from the beginning. So, yeah. Yeah, but it's it's interesting to think about <clears throat> um, this, you know, this concept of, well, hey, you know, all your old shows, we can stick a new ad in there. Yes, that That's will be, kind of different. Yeah, that, that will be very beneficial to, you know, cer- certain types of uh, shows, especially ones that, can say yes we genuinely truly have evergreen content so right all right the next item on our list is one that uh, i i brought and it's called 12 habits from a highly effective freelance audio producer and it was written by veronica simmons for cbc and while again we're sort of talking about something that's perhaps podcast adjacent i think there's some good stuff in here for anyone that's producing uh, audio or media in general. And some of these things are not entirely relevant. I think most people listening to this show are probably doing some sort of, you know, semi-regular podcast. And it's something that they started probably for themselves. Maybe it's grown into something bigger. So like, Number one on her list is always be pitching. Well, if you're a freelance audio producer who's shooting for radio, that's just part of the name of the game, and that works for doing any kind of freelance work, if it's writing or whatever. If that's you, true, yeah. I mean, that, and I don't think for most podcast producers that's a thing that we really need to do because we just produce our own shows. 
Uh, however, uh, number two is be honest. She says, I was going to call this rule always say yes, because when I was starting out, this was my uh, only mantra. And again, that's a little more of a freelance thing, though I do think in life in general, it's not a bad thing to be honest, especially if you are a content creator, because if you are fake, usually your audience, you know, the audience can determine and they probably won't stick with you. So, And I think in, in addition to that, um, now I'm skimming over her work here, so I'm not entirely sure this is what she means, but like, uh, there's a part in here that says, be honest with yourself about how long it will take you to line up your interviews, transcribe them, write a script, whatever it is you're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes sense because you can easily say, oh, yes, I need a ton of work. I'm starting out in this, you know, as a freelancer. I need all the work I can get. I'm going to take everything and then find yourself overwhelmed because things took longer than you thought or perhaps you're working with a client that isn't uh, – easily appeased you know maybe you started out with this is what i want okay yes i can produce this here you go and then have the client backtrack and be like well i really meant you know and it takes more time than you expected or um just trying to you know contact people sometimes can take time so you know as she says in here always saying yes is not necessarily to your benefit this is true you know be aware of like how much time do you have how much can you realistically take on um, and there's a lot of other good stuff in here, but I would say as a, as a freelance writer, I would say there is a point, uh, there's one down here, pester for money, number 11. Oh yeah. Um, you know, she says, don't be scared to bug people who owe you money, bug them kindly and with curiosity at first. But if it's been over a month, you are allowed to be Rihanna <laughs> you know? yeah. and there's a link to one of her videos. Um, I'll just leave it there. But, um, I think that's a really good thing to be aware of you know if you're a freelancer it's not you're not getting a paycheck every week from a corporation or whatever if you worked in like an office or a a retail or whatever um you know you have to be your own uh payment department you know (laughs) you have to be able to say hey you owe me money and to come after people that you know owe you money um because otherwise there are people in this world i've run into people that you know take your work and don't pay you and you have to go back and fight with them about it and uh, you learn to spot those people i think as time goes on you know and uh i do think to add to this if you've got a client as a freelancer for you know if you're doing audio work or whatever and they have a consistent history of not paying you on time or or you have to put in additional hours and effort to try to track down the payment it might be a good idea to like dump that client you know if it's yeah. taking more, if if just the attempt to get paid is taking more hours than it should, you know, you kind of have to wonder, like, whatever you were getting paid, was it worth it with all those extra hours and effort, you know? Yeah. But she's got some really good stuff in here. Yeah, a, a few other things that I think are worth mentioning for podcasters, and of course, we'll have a link to this so you can check out the whole list here. Uh, she talks about organizing and backing up your files. That's really super important. I think that there are some podcasters who, you know, they they upload, you know, they 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 produce their finalized episode, they upload it to their website and a media host or whatever, and then they delete everything. <laughs> and that's a really bad way to live because you you are assuming that your media host is going to be able to store your files and allow you to retrieve them into infinity. Right. So it's really important. And um, she mentions that, she mentions some of the software and the equipment that she uses. 
a lot of this for most podcasters, I think, isn't necessarily the best choice. She uses the uh, Hindenburg Journalist application, which I, I actually think is probably a good one to use uh, for for podcasting. I haven't tried it myself, but I am very intrigued by it. And then she talks about her kit, and this is very much, um, I would call it an electronic news gathering kit, as opposed to a, I'm going to sit in, you know, my office at home or my spare room or my home studio and record. So it's not necessarily the best choice for that. I'm kind of curious by the fact that she says she uses Skull Candy headphones because that's kind of a consumer grade headphone, which I wouldn't really associate with audio production. But, but if it's working for her, you know, I yeah, mean, different fine. people find different ways to hey, make it happen. There's plenty of people out there that are, are, are producing all kind of, you know, audio with uh, their Apple earbuds. And if it's working, go with it. All right, Jen, what's the last item on here? Okay, so the last thing I have on here is from Hot Pod, uh, which you can subscribe to, and it's a little newsletter about podcasting done by Nick Kwa, I think is how you say it, Q-U-A-H. Yes, that's how you pronounce it, and it's rarely as it ever little. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's not little. I didn't mean like, you know, know. small or concise. I meant like, you know... Here's an email with information. There's a lot of good stuff. I mean, I'm subscribed dispatch. to it. Um, so anyway, one of a the previous um, editions, I guess, of Hot Pod, uh, Nick Qua announced he's leaving Panoply, uh, which he's referred to in his newsletter here, the Hot Pod newsletter, as his day job employer. So he's planning on leaving. At this point, he probably he may have already, um, and he's going to try to build Hot Pod into an actual sustainable publication is what he's working on. So that's kind of okay, interesting. Okay, well, um, if he needs help, he can hire us both. Yeah, we'll help him out. We can work something out with that, sure. And, I mean, I've subscribed to Hot Pod, and I don't subscribe to a lot of things, and I think it's pretty cool. So, um, But that's what he's doing, and it's just it's kind of interesting to think about because a lot of times with um, – you know, freelance and podcasting and, you know, producing content and that kind of thing, you keep your day job as long as you can because yeah. you have a sustainable, you know, income coming. So when someone makes that jump to say, I'm going to leave this, you know, day job employer, as he described Panoply, um, to do this thing that's just his, you know, that takes a, a certain amount of courage to do. And uh, so I applaud people that give that a try. Um, I think it could work. I think Hot Pod's probably pretty well known. And I've seen yeah. his name pop up in many articles about podcasting, not yeah. specifically about he's this particular news. So, I mean, I think he might do well. Uh, he says he's also going to pursue a few other projects and see how things go. But um, it's kind of interesting to think about that, you know, here's someone who's uh, about to embark on, you know, doing their own thing instead of their day job thing. Well, we'll have a link. Uh, the The Hot Pod newsletter is archived online, and all I really care about right now is, uh, well, Nick Qua puts these uh, animated gifs. He inserts them through all of his his newsletters. He does, yeah. <laughs> and all I care about right now is the first one, which we'll link to from. Uh, this where he talks about leaving Panoply, which is uh, just a, a big, fat, adorable cat looking out the window while I believe it's snowing. Yeah, and uh, it's I, a very, very fat kitty, and it just looks kind of like it's either not sure if it's mesmerized by the snow or if it just really doesn't want the snow uh, to be there. You know, it's somewhere in the middle. It's, it's, yeah, it's kind of 
it's kind of just one side or another of of uh being completely apathetic about the whole thing. Yeah. But I love this giant thing. cat. Yeah. And I want it in my life. Oh. <laughs> All right, Jen, I I think we're I do do you have anything else? No, I think we've pretty much covered everything we intended to talk about in this okay. episode. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Podcaster News Show. You can find the show online at podcasternews.com. And there is a link in the right-hand sidebar, actually, where you can find all the uh, episodes of the podcast. And, of course, in between episodes, we are putting things on the blog. So anything uh, we find that seems newsworthy enough, we try to throw it up there and... Sometimes other stuff lands there too. So uh, right. So there's a lot of content to check out after you're done listening to the show, and it's not the articles. We don't, you know, we don't overlap. We don't have the stuff that's already on the blog talked about in the show. We don't have stuff in the show then written up on the blog. So you do get different stuff from each source. Yeah. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter if you'd like at Shano S H A W N O and Jen. I'm at Queen of Haiku. It's a private account, so if you follow me and I could figure out who you are or figure out that you're uh, following the show or that you're into podcasting, then um, and I can make that work. But I have uh, quite a while ago now decided to just go with a private uh, Twitter account, so that's where I'm at. Uh, you can find me there. And from there, we can work things out. And before we close this out, I would like to give a shout-out to Dana Tucker for leaving us a comment on our last episode. Thank you, sir. That was really nice. All right, so uh, we're out. Uh, With any luck, we'll be back in a couple weeks with more news from the ever-so-exciting world of podcasting. Bye, people.